Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. You you know my episodes. Anything can happen. So today (laughs) with me, I have a wonderful guest, Rabbi Noam Raucher who is actually the head of the Jewish Divorce Project. And he is here to help everyone through divorce and really create healthy divorces instead of destructive divorces and bringing you out of what some people find is a deep, deep hole and making you go and realize that you can still have a lot of life in front of you and things can come out positive out of it all. So welcome, Rabbi. So glad you're here. Thank you for having me. That was amazing. Sheva, my co-host and I uh, and co-creator would be uh, very proud of that introduction. Uh, Thank you so much. Wow. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) I'm glad I got it out. You did a wonderful um, job. Thank you. Thank you. So before we go on with the podcast, I just want to ask you what made you focus on creating healthy divorces for people? Well, uh, certainly uh, having a concern for that in my own life, right? Knowing that divorce was a a major thing that I was going through, right? Uh, A transition at the the moment. I've been blessed with having that perspective um, as just in being a rabbi and seeing lots of people go through major transitions in their lives over a, a long period of time, I realized that I was going through one. And, you know, that, that takes a, a conscious effort to say, how am, I going, how am I going through this? Because it's obviously going to impact me. And then it's also going to impact people around me naturally anyway, not only with the delivering of the information, but um, what it does to me and how I carry myself because I'll be a changed person as a result of it. And uh, so it was a large reflective process. And one of the first things I noted was just that it was, it was chaotic. There was just, I mean, so many questions and then emotions and shit you're dealing with. And just, it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot. So uh, for me, it felt chaotic at times. And I realized that um, what was really essential is that I didn't want was chaos for me to become chaos for other people in my life. I needed those other people in my life. I needed my children. I didn't want to alienate them in the process. I needed my family, right? Um, I needed them close, you know, particularly because they're across the country. Uh, And so the chaos was just going to become uh, a problem for everyone else if it became a problem for me. And so um, figuring out how to go through in a healthy way in terms of having the right places to go to and the right resources to have and the right people to talk to in my life um, was really helpful. Uh, you know, therapists, uh, medication at some points, right, to deal with depression or anxiety as a result, um, 
going to the gym regularly, um, having a men's group in which I poured my heart out onto a regular basis, uh, sometimes occupying a great deal of time, much to those men, you know, and their grace and, and love for me. Um, uh, and just, you know, had a closer community of friends that I was also talking to and texting with who were checking in on me and then talking with my family. Um, you know, spending some time with them while I was going through the divorce process was also really helpful. Um, so, you know, just kind of thinking about all the different ways to find sustenance during a particularly difficult time um, was, I think, the key to all of that uh, and going through it in a healthy way. And that's not to say if you don't hit all of those, it's unhealthy, but um, certainly I think we would strive for the healthiest of types of environments for ourselves. Uh, and so what did it take to really create that? That's certainly something that I'm focused on and wanted to help people do, men in particular, since I know men tend to go through things alone. Uh, I want them to know that they've got a guide. They've got someone who's willing to go through it with you uh, and to help you see it through and uh, in a number of different ways, mind, body, and soul. And so, um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, that's part of the reason we got the Jewish Divorce Project going. Part of the reason we're focused on um, have been helping, uh, or at least giving people healthy experiences in divorce um, and having a healthy divorce too. I love that because you can have a healthy divorce and I believe so. I, yeah. Yeah. I really agree. And so we're going to so. go into somewhat of a casual conversation about divorce and uh, what encircles divorce and, you know, staying healthy and being strong and what you need to know to do all those things. So uh, we are going to discuss as much as we can think of to discuss, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, let's get started with our casual chat. All right. I would love to talk about like this whole divorce, Jewish divorce project you have mm. going on and um, what, do you, are you a rabbi of a synagogue currently? No, I spent 10 years in the pulpit um, on both the East and the West coasts. Uh, and then recently made the transition to being a freelance rabbi. So I offer all the same services that you would expect of a rabbi in a synagogue. I just do them without the direct community. Okay. And um, so I have a lot of individual clients, people speak seeking spiritual guidance some people taking classes, things like that. Um, and I certainly do life cycle events and whatnot. That's certainly a fun experience of mine. I do some consulting for Disney as well on television shows and movies that, or at least television shows, not movies. I'd love to do movies, um, but that have Jewish content involved. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, there's a lot of fun in that as well. Uh, and um, yeah, so there's the spiritual guidance, the teaching, the pastoral care classes as well. Yeah. That's good. That probably frees you up a lot too. Or um, well, I certainly don't have the creative license to do what I want, right, which is a lot of fun and certainly liberating as being a rabbi. Right. Yeah. Do you have children? I do. I have two young boys, yeah. How old are they? Uh, they're uh, 10 and 7 years old. Oh, that's a good age. That's a it's good a workout age. in and of itself. It is. It is. Yeah. I have my two grandsons here. They're um, 8 and 12. Wait, I could be wrong about that. No, 8 and 12 about to turn nine and 13 and they're going on their third week of being here because they're always here for a long time. <laughs> but they used to live with me for like two years. So when they're here, it's like being home. Um, and they have virtual school. So it doesn't matter that they're here or in Virginia at their house. So it doesn't really matter. 
but you get to see them. That's where it's really nice. Yes. To and that's, that's the blessing. So I know that's, they're just wonderful. So, um, so what, when you're helping people through divorce and I am divorced, I've, yep. um, I've been divorced for, I don't know, 26 years, something like that, a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was married to my first husband of 16 years. And then this guy out there, we're going, we just passed our 25th anniversary, which I thought was our 24th until my daughter called me and said, mom, when were you married? And I'm like, uh, 1995. She goes, okay, that's 25 years, not 24. Wow. I'm like, well, that's a big one. One that people plan for. And wow. I'm like, well, we'll plan next year. We'll do about our 26 because clearly I lost count. In the world of divorce, what do you really love helping people with? Um, so I certainly love uh, helping men work through the haze of divorce. Um, uh, I know that a lot of men feel blindsided by it. I'm sure there's a statistic as to, you know, who initiates divorce. Um, I'm curious to know if it's predominantly women who initiate divorce rather than men. Um, but I know that a lot of men are blindsided by it. And so I'm uh, very interested and excited about the idea of working with men specifically um, who maybe feel blindsided by divorce or not, but either way are going through it. It can be a very confusing and, and chaotic time and helping them go through it with a sense of grace and dignity um, with a holistic approach, mind, body, and soul. Uh, so I offer a package in which um, I work with them if they want to get out and work out, they want to go for a hike or take a walk or something like that. I get them moving and get them into their bodies. I help them think about a uh, divorce strategy. You know, that's the mind element of it as well so that they can know what to want to ask and um, what they want to get out of the experience as well. And then the soul experience of it, right? How they are in the whole transition of the process. It's a grieving process, as you know. Absolutely. And so, you know, seeing them through that in healthy ways so that they can just, you know, especially if they have kids, get through it and take care of their kids because their kids are really going to need their father. Yes. I, I love that. Absolutely. Because yeah. I always, um, I help parents, you know, when I'm, talking about divorce and stuff, you know, I, I, I encourage them to put those egos aside, yeah. you know, and really make it so that it's, it's, you know, it's healthy for everyone, especially your kids, you know, and stop all the blaming and the, you know, all that stuff where, you know, oh, I want to be the one that they love, you know, or I want to be the one that they love. I'm like, they're going to figure it out, you know? And, um, I think you just so, pointed out a real, um, real truth to this um you know which is to say is that like you don't really know how powerful your ego is until you have to fight it to you know make things good for your kids there's a more concise way of saying that i'm sure exactly but like you really do i mean you just have to put on your big kid pants every day yeah right? um and say i'm doing this for a higher reason exactly you do you know it's like i remember when i went through my divorce and at the time I was back in Baltimore and my husband was living in Missouri and I did not want those kids. I, I didn't care what I had to do. Those kids were not going into court, you know, whatever I had agreed to. And I basically agreed to pretty much everything. And I remember, you know, I didn't even, um, between my husband and I, we have five children. We never claimed a one of them on taxes until my kids entered into college. And then I had to prove to my husband that I was more than 50% child support. Oh, wow. But 
but I, they lived, we had three kids living with us. Well, I think when Ryan, when his son came to live with us, we did claim him. But up until that point, all five kids were claimed by someone else. We had nobody to claim, even though we had children living with us. And, yeah. you know, but I was determined to make this as good a divorce as possible for my kids. And it was, you know, as far as divorces go and separations go, we all still to this day, you know, um, are on, you know, cooperative, you know, friendships, so to say, with each other, with all the exes and everything like that. And we were invited to my husband's wife's daughter's weddings. She has two daughters, not with my husband, not with my ex. And um, we were invited, me and my husband were invited with the family, you know, so it's always been very, you know, very calm and cooperative and, and, and happy, you know, mm -hmm. as much as possible. But um, it's, it's important to try to do that. And I think you're right. I think to a point, guys are really blindsided by it. You know, I know really when we went into marriage counseling, I was the one that talked about separation. And my husband was like, oh, well, that's not even an option. Well, clearly we've been divorced and remarried for 25 years now. So clearly it was an option, but you know, it was me bringing it to the table. And uh, I, I think that's really good. I think, you know, men need help, you know, navigating the whole procedure and everything. So I think uh, it would make a very good topic, a really good- uh, Wonderful, podcast. I'm glad, yeah. Well, and also specifically knowing that men go through a different behavior pattern too, right? Men are, you know, they're problem solvers, right? So how are they approaching right. this whole thing? And I wonder what that mentality does when they approach, you know, the whole process of settlement, right? Are they asking really for what they want? Or are they just trying to solve the problem immediately? Um, and how are they solving the problem? Are they doing some inner work about it as well, right? Is it just kind of like, all right, I got divorced, I signed the papers, that's it. Let me just move on with my right. life and swallow it all, right? Um, or are they really reflective about it? And asking themselves, how did I contribute to this? What am I at fault for? You know, what didn't I do? What did I do right? Right? What can I learn about myself? Am I being observant of the grief process? Right? And where I am in that, and how am I showing up for my kids in that way? Yes, exactly. Also, it is grief. You know, I tell people that you know because I think people so easily get divorced, you know, or right. consider it. And I'm like, it's like, mm -hmm. in my opinion, mm -hmm. it's the hardest thing you'll ever go to go through and my ex and I didn't even get down and dirty like some of these divorces do you know there was you know that's true I've heard a lot of horror and, stories yeah I and and certainly I would say one advantage of the dating scene is that you know when you're dating other people or you meet other people who are divorced and you share your stories right and if you can be cautious in sharing your stories and also you know be vulnerable too but my point is to say like if you're careful, you can see where you kind of fall within the spectrum of divorce experiences. I certainly know that as a result of the dating that I've gone on, like, I feel pretty lucky. I'll admit that. <laughs> I'll give my ex credit for that here publicly, right? Um, but like, it wasn't as bad as it could have been compared to some of the things I've heard. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying like, those are experiences right. I wouldn't have wanted to have. That's it. But, but I think a lot of it is too that we didn't have it also because we were intentional not to create that. 
Like I remember when I was looking for a, divor a divorce attorney, I went into this one guy and he was like, okay, well you live in Maryland, he lives in Missouri, we need to get started. It's gonna be this many thousands of dollars down and we've got to get these things in place because this is gonna be a real war, blah, 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 blah. And then the, the other attorney that I talked to, although I talked to a few, who was the one I hired, he said to me, he said, I'll tell you right now, I am not going to create battles where battles don't exist. And I was like, you, you're the one I want. Because that was my whole thing. I'm not creating battles out of this. You know, we're right. going to do this. Right. We're going to do it as well as we can do it. Right. And we're not going to create battles where battles don't exist, except that's not always the case. I mean, like that attorney, he would have been, you know, gun ho on every battle he could have created. And it could have been horrible, you know, the so, way to make money. Yeah. There's a divorce industry out there. A big one, too. A big one. And I think they create half of the horror that happens. And then who gets caught in the mix if there are children involved is these poor kids that didn't have anything to do with it to begin with. There you go. Touching on the whole loss and grief of it too is really important because, you know, it's, it's so, it impacts everything. And then you go through the whole, I feel like a failure thing because, you know, you failed, you blew it. Well, but and, and that's also a mentality thing as well, according to right. who, right? I mean, that's from a mindset that like marriage is the be all and end all of our, you know, existence. I can understand how like it's also a social utility in any of our ways to like avoid, you know, solitude, right? Or isolation, right. ultimately spiritually and physically and mentally. Um, right. But uh, it's also important to remember that divorce is as old as marriage is, right? It's, it's just as biblical. It's, it's right there. Right. And as far as I can tell, people have got an either or decision when it comes to marriage, right? It's a 50-50 shot. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't know really what we're talking about when it comes to like, you know, you're a failure. And even if you are, that's okay. You can learn from failures. That's a good thing. Fine. So you failed. So what? Maybe other couples should fail along the way and figure out, you know, how to get stronger as a result. Um, right. But failure can be a good thing for us. But again, like, don't look at failure, I would say in a negative way, right? Look at it in the good way. All right, fine. I failed out of marriage. No big deal. I can upgrade in life though. That's right. And is learn, only part of it. Like you said, and learn right? from it all. Well, when you think about it, like it really is our own individual existence that we're trying to enjoy and make the most out of, right? Marriage is part of it. And we want to enable someone else to do that as well because it feels good and we want their support for us, but it's ultimately our own lives. So again, I say you may fail out of marriage, but you'll totally like upgrade at life because you'll have learned something that maybe married people won't because they're stuck in marriage. They're stuck in that reality and that situation, which Failure is not an option so that they're not tested in a way in their own individual way, because that's been lost somehow in the marital union. That's so true. And they're living very often with other people's expectations. You yes. know, I, you know, they'll try to reach out for advice from family or friends. And they're like, well, how can you get divorced? You know, or if you have children, then it's even more like, how can you get divorced? for the children, but in my eyes, how can you put children through, you know, daily um, examples of a horrible relationship? 
because that example is what's going to teach them what they need to do in a relationship. And if it's a, a negative, destructive, toxic relationship, that's what they're going to wind up finding as they grow. You know, it's so funny. I don't ever recall, like I recall learning about relationships from my parents and family life from my parents, as I'm sure a lot of people do. But I don't ever recall there ever being like seminars that were like really important for, you know, young Jews to take certainly ones about just like respect for relationships, but didn't actually like show anything that demonstrated it visually, right? They were always text-based, you know, and I don't, I just, I remember specific conversations about treating ourselves as like sacred, right? Respecting our bodies, respecting ourselves. That was certainly imprinted onto me along with things like Shabbat and Kashrut and Hebrew, you know, and it's different from everyone depending on their community. But like the idea of like what it really looks like to have a sacred union, right? What are the things you know about one another? What are the things that you say about one another? Right? What does it mean to have a ketubah right? That is much more than just a contract, but a symbol of a covenant between the two of you, right? So how do you go through those difficulties and marriages and challenges, right? With a sense of perspective and love and respect and support for one another, like you would expect in a covenantal process, right? That's what we're talking about. And do you know enough about yourself? Think about how many people get married so young in the Jewish community. How can you possibly know that much about yourself? Right. I mean, they're, they're babies. And then they're, and then they're immediately having babies, their babies having babies. And so how can you even, you don't even get time to learn about each other yet enough yourself. I wonder that myself. And again, I go back to that. Like, I think we're all under the same agreement that like the, the one thing we can be primarily concerned with is our own existence and the, the, the best we're making out of it. Right. So like, at what point then do you come to this realization of like, holy shit, when is any of this about me? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's so true. When I, I look back and I think, you know, growing up, you know, I, there was, I, I think about Sunday school and I think about all the, the Jewish training I had growing up. But there was nothing on relationships. I, your relationship, in fact, I almost feel like it was, it's like private. Like, you know, divorce is private. It's not like now, if you, there was someone that got divorced, you we didn't don't talk, talk about, about our it. relationships. Right. right. So it, it, it's from going from, you know, public helping discussion to something that's not only not talked about, it's completely private. I think that's what aids in just kind of the marginalization of it too, right? It's not talked about. So what place can there possibly be for me? You talk about the family all the time. You talk about what it's like to raise kids all the time. Talk about all the different types of beautiful marriages that there are. It took us time to talk about the beauty of the LGBTQ community, right? and the gay and lesbian marriages that we see all the time, right? So, you know, what about talking about the ones that don't work and the beauty there as well? Exactly. Wouldn't that be nice if that was more, more out there for people to learn from? And it, 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 I think there's such uh, as much, when you think about how much separation divorce there is, there's still such a stigma around it 
Yeah, and, oh yeah, absolutely. And that helps that's no one. No, but that's what we're trying to, um, you know, I think alleviate on the Jewish divorce project is talking about it in such a way that normalizes it by saying that like, what we end up having are universal experiences, right? Passover was just here. It's a great time to talk about what it means to be part of something and then separate from it and to go off onto your own, to establish yourself, right? That is not to say that like every marriage is in Egypt with slavery and taskmasters, although there are certain ones that specifically are, which shouldn't be treated seriously, um, but, um, you know, for the most part, there's a liberate, a, 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 a liberation moment, right? Where you go forth into a new and uncharted land, a wilderness, um, and you have to figure out a new life for yourself, right? And then you also, when thinking about it every year, it's probably worthwhile to do some type of cleaning out of chametz, right? That you have to do an exploration of your soul to see what's left over from your past relationship that could be impacting your new ones and get those crumbs out and burn them. Right. So, and part of that is just a universal human experience. We all go through that, right? Transitions in relationships. There are separations that occur on a regular basis throughout our days and throughout our lives, right? Not only in divorce. And how do we treat those? That's so true. Yeah. And, and I think also personally being willing to, to grow and being willing to try new things and take risks and, and, and not stay in your comfort zone all the time because yeah if you're in your comfort zone you're not growing in my opinion and you hear it it's almost cliche but it's true you know you have to take risks you have to do things and interestingly enough if you have two married people and one is very much about growing and moving forward and doing new things and the other isn't that right there is going to cause a conflict. That's and exactly right. And we talk about grow right, away from each other, becoming who you are and growing into your individual self and your own personal existence in that way. Right. Yeah. That's going to create tension. If someone feels like they're being held back or they want to do something different, or they feel like they're in a rut and their marriage is the problem. Right. And it may not be, but if they feel like it is, you could probably kiss the marriage goodbye if there's nothing done about it. Exactly. Right? Cause that person's going to take off. I don't necessarily mean from the marriage. I mean, they want to take off in their life. They want to, right. you know, boost. But what you're saying actually reminded me just about a quote I posted on my Instagram page today, which is, uh, it's from Eric Fromm. The quest for certainty blocks the search for meaning. Uncertainty is the very condition to impel people to unfold their powers. That's such a good quote. Yeah. It is. It's, it's you know, that thing you don't know that you don't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And Another great line if, from a movie. You ever see the movie Fight Club? Yes, I have, but not for a long time. Well, so when the whole thing gets started, where he starts to really kind of, you know, wrestle with himself and his alter ego, you know, helps him try to open his own mind is when he says, how much can you possibly know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Exactly. Right. There's a real True. beauty in that metaphor there of fighting. There right? is. What it does for you, how it conditions you. It helps you. I know with my with my first marriage, because I grew up in a home where my father yelled a lot, as wonderful a man as he was, he still had his residual childhood coming into our childhood. And I just learned not to even be confrontational. So the big one of the biggest problems in my first marriage was that 
I didn't want to confront anything. I didn't want to deal with that. So everything was, it's almost how I went through my divorce. I was like, okay, I'll agree to anything. So my kids don't have to go into court, right? you know, and right. uh, it's all that, what you don't know. Well, and that's a really healthy mentality as well, right? That's a good boundary to have to say that like, you're going to fight for yourself with the exception of going to court. Yeah. Right. There are certain places where you won't go because there are other things that are really important to you. Yep. And those were my children. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's important. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that might mean something different for other people, right? For other people. And it could also mean for other people that like their children are so important. They are willing to go to court depending on whatever it is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't, I mean, you know, I, I always say, you know, uh, our pa- our divorce was very, you know, if a divorce can be somewhat peaceful, ours was somewhat peaceful. But yeah. I also was not married to somebody who was abusive physically or anything like that. And in that, you know, line, you know, get out, go, do what you have to do, save yourself, save your kids. That's a whole different ball game, you know. And um, so, and not everyone can have as peaceful a divorce or as as good. I don't even know what the proper word is for it, but healthy, healthy a divorce. That's a good word. Healthy, successful, as I say in air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Which is people would say is kind of contradictory. Successful healthy is probably what. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but no, you're right. Successful divorce. Although there are some people on Clubhouse who I've met uh, who have extraordinary stories. Really? Um, what a success. Yeah, I mean, more than healthy, but like, um, I, I mean, I don't want to share anyone else's story that's not my own, but like just amazing stories of positive divorces that I would never have imagined. Um, so just to say that those, there are out there for anyone who's interested in what they are, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, it's a, uh, I think healthy is probably the best way to describe it, right? Because yeah. like, right, it happens, right? And and That's like right. the grief part is a healthy part of it too, right? Even if it's ugly. So like, how are the healthy ways to go through it? Absolutely. That's actually a good idea. Have a healthy divorce. If you were giving someone advice who was considering divorce, let me ask you that mm-hmm. first. What piece of advice would you give them? Um, if it were really what they wanted, it's a major transition. It's a major transition. It's huge. It impacts not only you, right? I mean, there's no way else to think about it, right? And so when you, you know, when you know it impacts not only you, right? <laughs> what are the other things you need to take into consideration? Um, and I think it is possible to see that through fulfillment, right? And see, still see that, you know, as a satisfactory decision and go with divorce. But I think you have to take that seriously. Absolutely. It is a major transition that you're creating. You just think about like all the curveballs you can get thrown in your life as it is, right? You want to throw divorce in there too? Right. It is true. You get, you got to think long. And I remember when I went to my counselor, when I was considering, considering divorce and I, I said to her, I said, but you know, if I separate from him, my kids won't have their father nearby. My right. my niece and nephew won't have their uncle. My parents won't have their son-in-law. Like I listed like 40 people. And she looked at me and she said, so what are you, the sacrificial lamb? And I was like, it's I have really never point. forgotten. It's a really good point. It's I have never point. forgotten that. 
I got it. That's a great point. Because you have to consider that too. You consider all the ramifications of it, but also what is going on with you that you feel this is a consideration. Right. And uh, every absolutely. Time, yeah. Every right. time I think like beyond thinking about my needs, that little sacrificial lamb thought goes right. through my head. Well, and just because of like thinking about, you know, it's a major transition doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? Maybe that's Correct. what you need. Maybe that's what's good for everyone, right? But knowing you have to know that it's a major transition, right? You're not about to take a flight to a foreign country without, you know, being properly prepared to go there with whatever shots you might need or masks in this day and age, quarantine, right? You got to be prepared for that stuff. Um, and it could be really what you do want and what's good for you in your life. Exactly. But it should be taken seriously and you should think Absolutely. about the steps necessarily to see it through. And if you care about the people involved, right, what's your mindset going into it? Right then and there, you need to set that before you make any other decisions. What's your mindset? Right? Absolutely. Is it to annihilate the other person? Is it to maintain some semblance of a family? Right? Is it to get what you want and only what you want? Right? There's a lot that goes into it. Having a coach can actually be really helpful, which is why I wanted to be a coach for just about anyone going through divorce, particularly men as well. Yeah. And I think it's it's so wise because, you know, it's like I coach women from pregnancy to infancy. I have a program called Pregnancy to Infancy because what what's what's the surprise? It's always, you have a baby, you're never prepared for it. And like you say, if you prepare yourself as best you can, you can go through the experience of divorce in the healthiest way that you can go through it. Mm. And having a coach, somebody who can guide you and lead you and, and help you makes so much sense. I mean, I That's wish exactly I had right. her the whole, she was in Missouri. If I could have brought her to, back to Maryland with me, I would have, but it was, you know, it was such a help to have that and really clear every your person head. going, every person going through, through a divorce should have a whole team, a lawyer or potentially a mediator, a financial person, a therapist, uh, a, definitely a coach, right. To help navigate all those waters and remember to kind of just take perspective and think about the right questions and needs and wants out of the whole thing. Um, and then also a group of friends some type of small community, especially for guys who isolate, have a tendency to isolate, want to fix it all on their own and bury things down. They need a group of people that they can vent to and find support in. That is, that's a great, yeah. great piece of advice right there. Yeah. And people don't think about it yeah. because, you know, people go through it every day. It's like parenting, yeah. you know, as it's a parenting exactly coach, right. well, I can parent, you know, my parents parented me and I'm okay. And I'm always like, well, are you, are you really that's okay? Exactly right. You know, and divorce, huge, that, that whole, you know, grief process that nobody even begins to consider. So. And there's a lot uh, there. That's a whole other conversation we could have. Exactly. Exactly. And we probably should. So. <laughs> However you'd like. I love it. So anyway, so tell people how they can reach out to you and uh, help, you know, help them help themselves. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, if you're interested in resources on divorce, uh, you can go to the Jewish Divorce Project um, uh, on Instagram or Facebook, just that handle, the Jewish Divorce Project. You can also find us at the Jewish Divorce Project.com. 
or send us an email at the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me directly for divorce coaching or spiritual coaching in any way, uh, you can find me at Noam Rauscher, N O A M R A U C H E R, at gmail.com. Or you can check out my website where I offer an array of different services, uh, www.rabbirauscher.com, R A B B I R A U C H E R.com. And I will have those links in the podcast description. And I'm going to ask you, you, simply because we don't know who's listening, do you coach people that are not of the Jewish faith? Yes. Yes. As a spiritual coach, I offer my services to anyone who considers themselves a spiritual seeker, has deep and challenging spiritual questions that they'd like to address in a frank and honest way. Awesome. I see myself as someone uh, who finds people in challenges, who encounters people in challenges and and finds a way to walk with them through the process and and walking literally in certain cases as well. I find that helps the thinking process as well. That's so wonderful. That's that's such a gift that you give people. Uh, Well, Rabbi, I'm so grateful that you joined me here today on our podcast recording. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. And to all of you out there, please, if you're looking for help, reach out, go to the description. All the links are in there. You can find Rabbi uh, Raucher pretty much all over the place. He is there for you. He is very Googleable. Right. (laughs) If you can say that word. You can Google me. That's the right right way. Google me. There you go. Google me. There you go. And uh, if you need any help with anything else, you know, I'm always here. That's what I'm here for. And in the meantime, guys, as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Keep laughing, guys. Keep that smile. Everything goes through. There's there's ups, there's downs, but you got to keep smiling. Keep being grateful that you opened your eyes in the morning and keep laughing. It really is the best medicine. And I'll see you guys here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.